Welcome to the Kinkle Fritz and Friends podcast. If you want to hear the show, you can find it on Family Life Radio. If you want to find a station near you, you can go to myflr.org or stream it online. All right. Well, we are excited to have Paul AC with us today. He is the uh, senior associate editor of PluggedIn.com, which we air on Family Life Radio. He's also with Focus on the Family. And we're, we're, what we're talking about today is dealing with that selfie culture. It is bad. I mean, it's hardcore combating the selfie culture and how to stay healthy on social media. And Paul, I'm just going to be real with you. I have a hard time with social media. I used to be all over it. And for me personally, um, now I have a fear of it. And here's where I'm getting from. Uh, this is where I, I have a hard time posting things because... I have a fear that everything I do is going to be super analyzed. And, <laughs> and so uh, because everything is argued about, everything is, po- there's like, uh, you know, all these fingers being pointed at you about what you said and this and that. So now I'm at the point where I can't even put anything out there because now Kankle Fritz, look what he said. What a goober deluxe. You know? <laughs> but what is funny about that, we were talking about this the other day, is that we're on live radio every single morning. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, where's this dichotomy? There's something that just doesn't add up. But no. I, I concur with Kankle Fritz. Uh, you wouldn't even know I exist on social media. But uh, Misty's are. Are safe. Oh, yeah. she's, I she's, probably say far too much. She's the, <laughs> yeah. Right. So we got we got uh, me and Sally don't post hardly anything, and then the Misty's our over poster. Yeah. <laughs> our over poster. Yeah. She's our balance. <laughs> yep. I do think though that there's a little bit more forgiveness when it comes to live radio, right? I mean, it's there, it's gone. People forgive you like they do in in conversations. <laughs> if you say something wrong, it's fine, it's good. But when it's on social media, it's there and it lasts a lifetime. I'm I'm kind of like you guys. I get a little bit freaked out. I really think about what I'm going to say on social media because you never know how it's going to be received. And and honestly, people are very very sensitive on social media, so you just never know. You're right. Well, as you're talking, I'm thinking you're right that there's no voice inflection on True. social media. Yes. And yep. uh, there's no face to look at, and right. you get a little laughing face emoji, and you go, well, I, "No, I'm not laughing with you." You know, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. sarcasm isn't quite understood. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's true. Yeah. As a sarcastic person, I feel that my my wife always tells me uh, that I have a dry sense of humor. And I asked her one time what that meant, and it means people don't rest necessarily know when you're joking or not, and and that's that's sort of amplified on social media. If you have a dry sense of humor, if you're sarcastic, you never, ever know how it's going to land. And so it gets a little bit tricky. It does. You're right. And then people don't quite get what you said. Next thing you know, oh, what a jerk. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, Sally and I uh, love to get on YouTube and watch influencers. And uh, there has been an increase and demands for plastic surgery in the last couple of years because of social media. And we've watched it, you know, like you might be watching somebody one month and the next month they look drastically different. They've gone, they've gotten all these fillers, you know, Botox, nose job, whatever. So how can overexposure to social media be dangerous? Not just for kids. I mean, really adults too. mental health, self-image, confidence, all of that. 
It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And I think that, you know, when we're talking about selfie culture, that's that's one of the big dangers of it. Apparently, the average person takes 450 selfies a year, which is a lot of selfies. It's a lot. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I, I take selfies when I'm on vacation. You want to share things with people, all that kind of stuff. But uh, but I do think that when you're talking about the selfie connection with social media, where you're trying to post the perfect picture of yourself on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you, you want to post it, you become very, very critical of yourself. Like, I, I'm even... Honestly, I'm even doing that in my interview right now. I think, oh man, I need better lighting over there so I don't look like I'm <laughs> like all sunburned and stuff. You you start to really analyze kind of how you look uh, to the rest of the world. And, and a lot of the selfies that people take, those 450 selfies a year, a lot of them, people are taking them 20, 30 times a day in order to get the very perfect shot because you want to show your best self. Um, you find not only do you augment uh, what you look like physically with, with the plastic surgery that you were just mentioning, but you know the filters give you a chance to, to augment you digitally. Um, and oftentimes, I think that, that even though social media was sort of designed that we could all connect with each other to be more real, to be more personal, to connect with people that we otherwise might not connect with, it becomes sort of this weird um, echo chamber where a bunch of fake people are talking with a bunch of fake people because Ooh. everybody's trying to present themselves wow. in a certain way. And everybody's a little bit afraid of showing their real selves. That is yeah. a sobering mm. statement. It's a bunch of fake people talking to a bunch of fake people. Yeah. And is that, wow. and wow. how does that feel really when you drill down, do we realize what we're doing? I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's and not good. There's one thing about us realizing what we're doing, right? But let's, let's focus on the kids for a minute. Yeah. I mean, how, how do we prepare our kids for this selfie world and the comparison trap? I mean, none of us have walked this way before, right? Mm. It's brand new to all of us as parents, as grandparents, and watching our kids be affected by this. I, I don't think it works to just say, well, honey, let's not get in the comparison trap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's got to right. be something more. How do we do it? How do we face it? How, how do we just not um, hide our heads in the sand, in other words? It's really tricky. You know, I think that, that when you look at social media, obviously it's it's very popular. The younger you are, the more the more in tune you will be to with social media, right? But it's also when you're talking about teens, it is a time of life where you're very, very concerned with how you look to others. It becomes so critical how you look to others. And, and so it's sort of like this perfect storm when you're talking about social media, when you're talking about about adolescence and you're trying to figure out who you are doing it post by post. I mean, a lot of these kids are figuring out who they are post by post. Um, and you're right. It's a really tricky thing, I think, for parents to sort of help their kids walk through. Um, and I do think that, that one of the things that you do have to, to really do is sort of ground them into just the idea that 
what they look like, who they present themselves to be, that is not where their value lays. It is not where, uh, where they truly shine. Um, that can be a really difficult lesson to get across to young people. Uh, it can be really difficult to encourage them to, to remind them that true beauty is found on the inside because that's not what their friends are saying. But I think to continually remind them of that, I think is, is really important. Um, I do think that some, some common sense limiting of their, their connection with social media can also help. Uh, studies show that, that kids are pretty much tethered to their phones, right? They, it's the very first thing they look at in the morning. It's the last thing they look at at night. Oftentimes, if it's in their rooms, they're checking at it throughout the evening, uh, even into in the early morning hours. So they're losing, they're literally losing sleep over social media. Um, it's great to put some, some just some common sense limits on that. You know, we, we've always had a rule at our house, no phones at the dinner table. Uh, some people take away phones, say, say they have areas in their house where they restrict phone usage completely, like the kitchen where so many organic conversations take place, where you can really share uh, how your day was, what you dealt with during the day, no phones in the kitchen. Um, and if possible, I know this is going to be really hard for a lot of parents, but if possible, if you can take those phones out of your kid's bedroom at night, it can really lead to, to some, some better sleep patterns. It could encourage them to for it not to be the very first thing they look at, the very first connection they have with the outside world. Because it's really nice when the first person who you talk with is a living, breathing person right next to <laughs> you as opposed to someone who's on a screen. Mm, yeah. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, I love it. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking, back in my day, <laughs> old enough, um, it was a flashlight and Nancy Drew, you know, and uh, who knew the better? So, you know, there are those trends that have continued, but it's somehow this whole digital world seems very different than the flashlight and Nancy Drew. <laughs> Just a little bit. It really is. It yeah. really is. It's, it's just, it is one of those things. And, and as you mentioned, this is something we're all sort of learning as time goes on. Mm -hmm. We're all sort of thrown into this world and we have to play catch up. Uh, there haven't really been any rules, you know, formalized rules. I think, you know, back in our day, we were taught certain, certain tricks of social etiquette. This is what you do to get along in society. I don't think there really is something like that right now within the social media world. And so that makes it even more difficult to connect with people, to, to truly, to truly bond with people over social media, because there's just no rules that we can follow right now. That's true. It's uh, we're in no man's land a little bit. Um, so, yeah, Paul, uh, my wife, Becky and I have a, a son who is 13 and Sam is so annoyed with us because <laughs> for Christmas, he got this phone. It's a Gabby phone. And Gabby is a company that makes a phone that makes calls and texts. And that's it. And he doesn't like it at all. <laughs> no social media no facebook nothing and uh and so we're like well should we get him a phone that has that stuff or whatever and uh so i don't even know what age is the right age to start all of this 
How do how much do you start? How often? How, is there a time limit? What do you think? Man, you know, oh man! So that's a as really- as Kank is talking, I'm thinking it, there might be a difference also between the boys and the girls. So I just thought I'd interject that as you're thinking about his question there. That's good. It's a it's a fascinating question, and it's a million-dollar question, right? I think that a lot of parents are saying, okay, so when do we go about this process? You know, especially as, and I'm sure that this is part of where, where your son is coming from. I'm sure all of his friends have phones, or at least they're telling you that they, they all have phones. Um, the experts would say, I think, the later, the better. Um, a lot of a lot of tech experts, actually, a lot of tech uh, gurus who have actually done a lot of these social media things, they actually restrict their kids from using phones until they're even sixteen. Wow, well, that so says something. It really does say yeah. something, you know. But we also do have to understand the realities of the the lives these kids are leading. You know, a a lot of the connection that they have with their friends is through the phones now. And I think that you're right. I think that there there can be a difference between uh, between girls and boys. Uh, Girls definitely tend to be more social. That's really true on social media within within these realms. Uh, Boys are not necessarily as connected with social media, but they still use it a lot. Um, And. I think it's one of those things that you have to be very mindful and aware as parents, what your kids can handle, when they can handle it, have they proven themselves to be trustworthy, have they, um, how mature can they be, and then just slowly edge into this. This is sort of, I'm sort of evading the question, really. (laughs) (laughs) It so depends on the kids, it so depends on the parents. Uh, There's not one hard and fast age that, that it's really advisable. Um, if I was going to pull an age out of the out of the air, I do think that the 12, 13, that is sort of an age where you start to introduce these things, but you slowly introduce it. You um, you put some pretty hard restrictions on how much they can use the phone during the day. You can if you want to, there's plenty of screening software that you can put on these phones to, to check out what your kids are getting into, uh, how much time they're spending, where they're spending their time, all those things. Though That can be a really scary place for, for a lot of parents to go. They don't necessarily want to feel like they're spying on their kids. You know the kids don't want their parents spying on them, but it still can be a, a useful tool if you talk about it beforehand. Um, and again, just as as you sort of ease into this world, give them more and more responsibility as they earn it, if you will. Because I think that that these these phones are a part of our reality. They're not going anywhere. And it's good for kids to learn how to use them and use them responsibly before, you know, they're out on their own at 18 and 22 and they can do whatever they want. And that's a privilege, by the way. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. That you earn Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I like what you said about the parents being responsible to uh, pick up that phone and look at the history and know where they've been and um, let them know that you're going to spy on them, you know, is a very, you know, it's even a fail safe for them, I would think would even give them confidence. You know, they can blame the parent. I can't send you that or I can't look at that because mom's going to pick up my phone. 
and look yeah, at it. A couple so, points yeah. to, to surf off of that, just because I, I do think that these conversations are really critical because the, the phone, the social media, Everything that we're talking about can be a huge point of contention within families. It can be a source of of pain. Uh, It can cause a lot of friction. So to have these conversations and to let your kids know why you're doing it, what you're trying to accomplish with it, to bring them into the process, I think is really key. Instead of just sort of saying, this is what we are doing without any explanation, you need to bring the kids along for the ride. The other thing, as parents... And this is really tricky, I think, for a lot of us. We have to be mindful of how much we use social media. Oftentimes, we tell our kids, oh, you have been on that phone way too long while we're scrolling through yeah. Instagram, <laughs> while we're checking, you know, all this sort of stuff. These kids are watching us what we are doing. And if we are not showing good uh, technology uh, barriers for ourselves, if we are not reining in our own social media usage, yep. man, the kids know that. Absolutely. Which reminds me of that drug PSA. Where'd you learn to how to do this? I learned it from you, Dad. I learned it from you. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. you were talking earlier about like that need to get you know the perfect picture, the perfect selfie, selfie, and. We, um, I don't think it's just the kids. I know it's not just the kids. Like we as a society, we're so preoccupied with being seen on social media that we're missing crucial real life moments. You know, for example, you're at the kids game and you're so preoccupied with getting that perfect picture of them sliding into home that you miss the experience of them sliding into home. So how on earth do we counteract that and learn to be more present when that tempting little device is in our hands? Man. That is such a great question. And and I say it's a great question because I am guilty of that. You know, sometimes when you're on vacation, you find yourself uh, recording every moment so that you can bring it home with you, but you don't experience it for yourself. One of my very favorite movies is is, uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. You know, it it was a movie that didn't get a ton of traction. Great movie. But but essentially, this guy comes, uh, he's searching all over the world for this this photographer because he needs to get this picture uh, for, for a magazine that he works for. He finally finds this guy in the middle of the Himalayas, essentially. Uh, the photographer is waiting for this, this beautiful, beautiful, rare snow leopard to come through. He wants to take a picture of this snow leopard. Um, and then, as Walter Mitty is sitting with him, the snow leopard comes out, just walks across. And he, the, Walter Mitty says, are you going to take a picture? Are you going to do this? And... The, the photographer says, you know, sometimes I like it to just be here in the moment. I like the moment to be just for me. And I think that sometimes we have to be mindful that as much as we want to preserve and record and, and treasure these moments, um, I honestly sometimes think that, that, that God made the world that we live in to be experienced in the moment. Nothing lasts. We need to treasure those moments as they come to us. We need to, we need to experience them fully uh, because they are gifts and they are fleeting gifts. And I think in sometimes they are meant to be fleeting gifts. Um, 
to really be in the moment, to have those experiences, uh, it's something that I think we're losing sight of today. When when our phones are, are our cameras, we can record so much in the moment. Uh, it's really valuable, but at the same time, I think that, that we are missing out on stuff. Mm. You, you know, I have to give uh, kudos to our social media butterfly, which is Misty. Because, Misty, you did something really awesome uh, a couple weeks ago. You got all dressed up and went for a hike. And I loved that moment because you showed us that we can go out and have a real life experience and enjoy it and share it, but still not be so over focused on it. It was I remember it so crystal clear that you got all dressed up to go for a hike and then you sort of took us along with you and the smile on your face and it was just it was just a great moment. So oh. I'm just thinking of that, Paul, as you're talking that um, it can be done and it can be done well. And Misty really does do a good job. She makes us laugh and she she makes us cry sometimes, Aww. but then sometimes <laughs> she takes us out for a hike in full makeup and all dressed up. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> and I think that's, that's a good. really important point. I think that when you're talking uh -huh. about social media, it really can be a beautiful thing. It can be a way to connect with people. So few do it well. You know, and I think it becomes, instead of becoming this conduit for human connection, it becomes the reason that we do things. Yeah, we that's a good point. To, and, and you know what? I think it actually focuses more on ourselves. When we talk about selfie culture, you, it, it inherently, when we're taking pictures of ourselves, we're focusing on ourselves, right? We're, uh, we're examining who we are. We're looking, we're, we're obsessing sometimes over the flaws that we have in our faces, in our bodies, whatnot. Um, obviously, as many, many studies shows, that can lead to, uh, to even depression. It can lead to a lot of self-worth issues. I think that's right. If we're if we're looking at social media as as the way it's intended, hey, I'm just trying to connect with you, mm -hmm. as opposed to, hey, I'm just trying to look cool to you. Yeah. Uh, how do we get back to that? Because that's what yeah. it's intended for. Mm -hmm. But instead, it's like ah, I got to look awesome here. It's become a competition. <laughs> it, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It sounds like Misty may have a good clue for how to do that. Yeah. And I think well, she does. well. Well, what you didn't see is the 10 times I made my husband take that photo <laughs> before I was comfortable enough to post it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but even in that, you were you, we laughed about that on air. And, you know, I th think there's a realness to that, too. And uh, just saying, hey, listen, guys. But I love yeah. what you just said, Paul, because it reminds me of just how we enter life. I always pick up on this idea of when I walk into a room, am I walking in going, I'm here, like social media does so much, or am I walking into a room going, there you are. You know, I, I want to share something to uplift you. And, and I think that's what Misty does. When I look at what she posts, I find myself laughing. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's hysterical. And, you know, whether it's deeply spiritual or it's just for a moment to just smile, um, she's the one who tells me it can be done and it can be done in a really healthy way and in an encouraging way. So I think it meshes really well with what you're sharing with how yeah. we raise our kids. And I do think that in some ways sharing on social media well is kind of an art. I think we all sort of learn as we go, but 
if there's one good first step, it's to really use social media to see other people, not to have people see you. Mm, and I good. think that that can be just a just that twist in terms of how we enter into this media can help shape how we deal with with what we post, how we react to other people's posts. It should always be focused in on that other person. If we can, if we can turn our eyes away from ourselves and look at the other people who we're trying to talk with. I think that can be a huge connection point, uh, just as it is in real life. You know, when we show interest in other people, when we ask about them, ask about their lives, ask about how, what they're struggling with, what they're loving in their life, when, when we try to make those connections, that's when our relationships really bloom. I like that. Maybe they'll help me be a little more bold because I'm the one that's scared to post stuff because I'm going to be overanalyzed. But if I'm just trying to share what's going on, then that, that'll make me, be, you know, maybe stick my neck out a little bit. See, I'm the, you know, you're talking about people that are trying to get that perfect shot at the baseball game or whatever. See, I'm the person that my wife has to say, sweetheart, please take pictures. Please come back. I want to know what happened on the camping trip, you know, and she's she's so annoyed when I come back. You only took three pictures? Come on. <laughs> That's my problem. It really is a balance, right? It's yeah. really tricky to figure out how to do it well. It is. I do tend to take way too many pictures over what I do. <laughs> and I think that sometimes you you can miss those moments. You can miss those special things. My kids are so well documented. They uh. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, you know, I do sort of wonder sometimes when we filter everything through screens, we don't experience the way life the way that, that God really intended for us too. Wow. That's an interesting point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I found an old photo album uh, that my parents had given my wife and I, and it was of their trips. <laughs> Look what we did. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of funny. You you hand your children a photo album of your trip to wherever it was, but in there was our wedding day and a couple of other things that they it was like, oh, that's nice that they gave us that, but that's the way it used to be done. And it's like, yeah, well, I think, you know, I think a lot of the social media that's going on is like you see the the kids who are about three or four years old. They're like, look at me. Look at me. You know, it's like, mom, 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 watch me. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's the type of thing that we want to help our kids avoid True. and have that that other viewpoint of, hey, I see you over there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think that we are all we are all encouraged these days and maybe it's always been this way. I, I won't say it's just these days, uh, but we are encouraged sometimes to look at ourselves and really be very self-focused. Look at me. Look at me. We live in an era, era where we brand ourselves more than when we share ourselves, you oh, know, ooh, mm. and, and I think that, that can be a huge <laughs> problem. If we can train our kids, you know, teach our kids to look out for other people, it can be a huge catalyst for maybe some positive change. Yeah. Uh, are there some health, healthy and why, let me put it this way, are there good things going on in social <laughs> media that we can help teach our kids to be a part of? as opposed to just a me, me, me thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's a lot of good going on in social media, honestly. It can be it can be hard to see. It can be hard to, um, to uh, really focus in on those when it has so many problems. 
But man, I tell you what, I really value uh, the ability that I have to connect with people that I've met throughout my entire life who maybe live in a different state, live in a different country, uh, to to be able to connect with them and to share them, uh, to share our, our lives a little bit that we wouldn't have been able to as much before. Um, we just came out of out of COVID. That was really a primary way that we connected with a lot of friends and family was through social media. Um, I think that it can be a great catalyst even to meet new friends. You know, I I, I do dig old movies. I can find old movie groups on some of these social media sites where people love the same things that I do that you might not necessarily connect with. Uh, so there are some really positive things. And, and I know that um, for for young people, for, for teens, it can be such a huge catalyst for connection. Um, as parents, we worry about the, that, that connection sometimes. But at the same time, um, in my day, you would have kids who might sneak out of the house, who might, you know, get into trouble to, to spend time with their friends, do some dangerous things. All that, of course, still goes on, right? And social media can encourage that in some ways. But at the same time, because social media allows people to connect with their friends, to talk with them, um, you do find that the kids aren't aren't quite getting into as much trouble as they might have back in back in my day. Oh, well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. Good. That's awesome. Well, Paul, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you. And uh, uh, hopefully we can stay out of trouble on social media. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things I want my children to know. Uh, once it's out there, it's out there. Yeah. Out there. And yeah. It's out there forever. Social media is forever. Yes. That is for sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Some adults need to know that too, yes. by the way. Yes. <laughs> Once you post it, you've posted it. <laughs> you've done it. And HR directors know that, by the way. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> Looking for yes. a job? Don't put it out there, please. You know? So, that is yeah. a wise word right there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. again, thank you for your time. Appreciate you. Um, people can find you at uh, PluggedIn.com and uh, Focus on the Family, a wonderful organization. Again, we air here on Family Life Radio. Again, thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. Really enjoyed talking with you guys today. Thanks for listening to the Kinkle Fritz and Friends podcast heard on Family Life Radio. We would appreciate it so much if you could rate, review, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. You can also find more exclusive content at myflr.org and FLR Mornings on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you support Family Life Radio, thank you.